This podcast is brought to you by Exo Nicole in partnership with Tampax. When we don't talk about periods, people feel like they can't talk about them, which in turn perpetuates the myths, misinformation, worries, and lack of knowledge that holds us back today. This is why we've created the Made For Me Limited Series podcast to break the stigma and make period conversation as normal as periods so we can feel educated and empowered every day of the month. Only Tampax has five sizes of tampons to protect your changing flow so we hope this series leaves you inspired let's start the show Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Gia Peppers and you are tuned into the Made For Me podcast sponsored by Tampax and brought to you by Exo Nicole. We are so excited to have you all here with us because these conversations are so, so good. And of course, Tampax really believes that period conversation should be as normal as periods so everyone can feel educated and empowered, especially among their friends and loved ones. It feels really good to be back here for episode two and I'm excited for this episode because we're delving into something that's really near and dear to my own heart, the power of friendships and those safe spaces that our friendships create for us. Personally, I consider my friends my safe place and one of my safe places because I can laugh, I can cry, I can be my complete and total self around them and they fill up my cup and make me feel empowered and I strive to make sure I'm reciprocating and giving back that same energy because that matters too. And I also feel like navigating non-toxic relationships is Always tricky, especially for black women. And so here we're going to talk about that because we've got to stop doing that in our own lives. And we have the perfect person to do that with. While solid friendships might be a little harder to find and maintain in adulthood, it is so worth it and so satisfying when you do Find those friendships that give you the safe spaces that you need. But one thing I know to be true is that in order to be a good friend, you must, you must, you must be a friend to yourself first. And this next guest knows all about that. Today, I'll be sitting down with model, writer, and activist herself, Ebony Davis. Over the last few years, Ebony has become one of the fashion industry's most prominent voices, advocating for representation and diversity in front of the camera as well as behind it. Following her 2017 TED Talk, she has spoken at numerous events and written for prominent publications, all while using her platform as a model to speak about wellness, community, and spiritual healing through boundaries and forgiveness. Y'all, please get your notebooks out and help me welcome the incredibly everything, all that we need, Ms. Ebony Davis. I am here with the incomparable, the beautiful Miss Ebony Davis. Hi, love. Hi, how are you? Good, I'm loving your Hanifa. Thank you, you know, head to toe. Period, black owned. owned. Period. How we do? Yes. How are you feeling today? <laughs> I'm feeling really great today. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation. We're so excited to have you here. And so for anyone who might not be familiar with the world of Ebony Davis, how did you get into modeling and fashion and beauty? Getting into modeling was a bit of a struggle for me. I came into the industry at a time when it was very homogenous. There was very much a cookie cutter idea of beauty. And that is still something that's present today, even though things have shifted and changed a little bit. And I think we've done such a beautiful job reclaiming so much of our power and realizing that we don't even need 
the industry to validate us or give us access or get us popping. Um, and so things are a little bit different now. But for me, it was a matter of going door to door to door, moving to New York at 19 years old and being told no, you know, 20 times. And then finally getting signed with an agency and being told we'll push for you when one of our other black girls isn't available because there can only be one when she's not available to work for her set of clients then will offer you up as sort of like the secondary or the backup. So that was my introduction to the industry. And I knew before I even moved to New York that it would be difficult because I did my research. I would go on different uh, agencies' websites and look at their boards. And over and over again, it was the same pattern. One or two black girls, hella blonde, hella blue eyes, hella brunette, but one or two black girls over and over at every single agency. Um, And so I knew the chances were slim and I knew it was going to be sort of a fight. Um, But it was my passion. It was something I wanted ever since I was a little girl. I used to watch America's Next Top Model. You know what I mean? Did you watch that? (laughs) I was so excited. Like, ever since I was a little girl, I was like, I knew I wanted to be a model. I moved with that passion and that drive, and I didn't let anything stop me or deter me, you know? Even the, like, what's going on with your hair? Or, you know, all of those comments that people would make um, toward me when I was trying to just find representation to follow my dream. Um, And so it's really just been a matter of having that will, having that drive, continuing to put myself out there and continuing to build bridges. I'd say that's the number one contributor to my success is realizing that there's so much talent around me that I can build with that I don't need to uh, wait for somebody to give me permission to do what I want to do, especially as a black woman. Like there's so much of us. There's so much richness. There's so much culture and it comes from us. So why would I need to wait for that to be filtered through someone else Mm. when it's all around me already. So just awakening to that and taking advantage of that, I say, is what has given me the platform that I have today. Let me tell you something, because we are in question one, and I already (laughs) have chills, Ebony. Like, I'm just, I was telling you before we got started, like, I've been following you on Twitter for years, and you always are coming for me, just right with the inspirational quote, but also, like, the dragging, like, are you really living your life if this, I was like, Uh, please follow her on Twitter. She will gather you together. Uh, she's just m- way more than the gorgeous looks. The 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 voice that you have is so important. And I know that had to come with you know a lot of shaping yourself through yes. those no's, through those crazy rejections, through those yeah. ideas that these people were trying to put in your head yes. about why you had to be a backup. Like that is crazy. How did you navigate that? To I'm sure feeling defeat to now being this confident, beautiful woman that we see today. Yes. You know, a lot of the stuff that I share on Twitter is really for myself. Yep. It's like me dragging myself. Yes. And if it like subsequently drags y'all, I'm sorry. Like, y'all, y'all <laughs> it's the dragging. Say, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm, I, it's, I was healing in real time. You know what I mean? I was downloading information in real time and just sharing it so that I could kind of have a record of it for myself and hold myself accountable. Um, and that really came about when I made the decision to go natural. That was such Mm. a huge thing for me. And that's, I would say that's the number one thing that made me go from victim to victor. You know, the thing that made me realize that whatever was hurting me could become powerful in the end because I went through this self-exploration process and I was like, if for 20-something years I had this belief and that belief, oh, I'm not pretty enough, oh, my natural hair isn't good enough, oh, I'm too this, I'm too that, then what other beliefs 
limiting beliefs that I have about myself that were holding me back, mm. preventing me from being my best self, preventing me from being my most authentic self, preventing me from catching my blessings because I'm so busy trying to follow someone else's path instead of figuring out what my authentic path is. You know, and so all of those tweets were just me going through that unlearning process, yes. going through that relearning process, figuring out who I am. Mm. Um, and so in that figuring out, I was able to take all of that rejection and pain and hardship and turn it into something powerful. Ooh. Ooh, you're speaking right directly to my soul because, like, <laughs> in hosting and journalism, it's the same thing. Like, always being like, oh, you're okay, but, I mean, we've got so-and-so, so we're right. going to use her. And yes. it's like... You almost have to believe, allow that to come into your mind a little too much to the point where you like, wait, those thoughts aren't even me. Like, that's yes. not me. Yeah. And then also fight for your own mental space and your own mental realities to come exactly. becoming, to become that that limitless belief instead of the limiting belief. And so exactly. I love that you spoke about that because there's just so many girls who buy into what social media says about who they should be mm -hmm. instead of, or other people, instead of buying into what they know is real. Like, we know something inside of us. Yes. That is continuously telling us to go there. And I think that's so beautiful that you actually listen to that. Absolutely. Now, in this business, I love to see you with the girls because I feel like you have a lot of great friends in this industry, which is important. You need a tribe everywhere you go. And so I've got to ask you, how do you ensure that you're being a friend to yourself first Ooh. Before you show up for others. And then how do you hold yourself accountable in the way that you show up for others? I think it's just a matter of self-love. Mm. Self-love is really the key to everything. And I think discipline mm. is the biggest part of self-love. I think that's the biggest way. Discipline and accountability are the biggest ways that we show ourselves that we love ourselves. If we can discipline ourselves enough so that we don't participate in behaviors that we know aren't in alignment with the person that we want to be, that is an act of self-love. Okay. You know, if we can hold ourselves accountable to not have people around us or not be in spaces that are conducive to our growth, mm -hmm. that is an act of self-love. And so I've had to do that for myself and create those boundaries for myself. But really, the boundaries give you the freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, when you create these safe spaces for yourself and know what you need and provide that for yourself, for yourself, then you're able to be free mm -hmm. in that. And so I think people hear discipline and they hear accountability and they think it's tough and they think it's the fist coming down and the self-punishment and it's not mm. it's really the love mm. you know all of these other things are what bind you the guilt and the shame because when you go and do something that you know you're not supposed to do and hang around with people that you know you're not supposed to be around and go hang in these places you know you're that's when the game and the sh uh, the shame and the guilt come in and that's what binds you that's what limits your freedom mm. the discipline and the accountability is what sets you free mm. um, and so I think I've definitely had to learn that for my Myself, and that has allowed me to show up better for other people, especially, you know, friendships and romantic relationships. Yeah. Because until you heal those things within yourself and figure out why you behave a certain way, you're just going to continue to project that onto everybody, everybody around you. Everybody's simply a mirror. Everybody's simply a reflection. And so the things that you love about someone, the potential you see in someone, that exists inside of you. Mm -hmm. But you know what? The bad things that you see in them, that exists inside of you too. And you got to be honest about it. And that's the only way that you can transcend it. And I think so often we go from friend to friend and friend group to friend group and relationship to relationship without ever realizing the patterns that we're projecting 
projecting onto people and and we play the victim and we say oh they're doing this to me and they did the same thing to me and then I got into another relationship and it's a different face and it's a different name but it's the same pattern Mm. and it's because it starts with you and so often that comes from our childhood programming we have to go back and realize why we do the things that we do and I think you know spending that time with myself being honest with myself about who I am and healing the parts of myself that I wasn't pleased with has allowed me to be a better friend to everybody else around me I love that and I love that you are so honest about the discipline part of it because like Mm -hmm. you said it does feel like a really hard process but sometimes when you learn when the when the discipline is actually the way that you practice self-love it changes how you view it and I think that's such an important part so yes to you honey get just Again, exactly who I exactly who I thought she would be. Hello, period. <laughs> um, and and you know we talk a lot about safe space, and we talk a lot about creating safe spaces. How do you define what a safe space is, mm-hmm. and what is your perfect safe space? Where do you feel the safest? A safe space, I think, in my mind, is a space where you can be yourself mm-hmm. authentically. And I think a safe space can be. A physical building, a safe space could be a person Mm. um, who makes you feel seen and understood. I think the number one safe space is the space that we create within ourselves. Like Mm. we have to be the first to give ourselves permission to be and to accept ourselves, not to reject ourselves and shun shun parts of ourselves that we don't deem acceptable. Because when we can face those parts of ourselves that we don't deem acceptable, then we can change them. But until we face them, we don't have the power to change them. So we have to make ourselves feel comfortable enough to reveal our shadow to ourselves and our light and face the whole picture, keep what we want to keep, integrate what we want to integrate, and release the rest of it. Mm, that's so good because, like, the, the, we always talk about how we have to give others grace and we yeah. are so good at giving other people grace yes. and not giving ourselves grace. I'm guilty of that. What? I'm so I have to look at myself like, girl, you know, you ain't like that decision. Bet. Bet. I still love you. <laughs> yes. You still here and you still matter. Yes. And I think like that is the most important thing we could do is that safe yeah. space that you can always return to. It doesn't matter right. if you fail publicly, you fail with people that are right. that have no idea, whatever, yeah. those failures stick with you. But you have to learn to be like, yo, no matter what happens, I can always return to me, yes. to my home, which 100%. you build from your heart than outside is there anything like are you a person that when you practice those like self-love moments or your spiritual practices are you like an incense girl like what 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 makes you feel the most like zen and at home in your safe space physical one the physical one you know yeah i'm an incense girl i like a little palo santo a little bit a little little sage a little little sagey sage you feel me a little (laughs) wait what type of tea i do in the background um i like mint tea i love mint tea do you like mint ice cream I do. People like me. Like, is good though. It's so good. So good. So good. <laughs> um, you know, a little tea, a little Lauren Hill, a little Erica Badu yes. paint in the background. Yep. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't know. I don't think of myself as like a overly like outwardly spiritual person. Like so much of my spiritual is just internal. You know what I mean? It's just really about spending time with myself for me. I think those things definitely make me feel good, but I really, I could find God anywhere. I could be, you know, in Hollywood in the middle of chaos and 
all the trash no, I could find God anywhere, mm. you know, because it's it starts within. So Amen. Yeah. tomorrow we're two or more gathered. Hallelujah, God's right. Period. God right here. How you doing? Um, and so <laughs> and I and I think that's so beautiful. And even finding like God in our friendships, I think yeah. has been such a cool part. Mm-hmm. As I'm growing older, I, I can see the God in my friends. Like yes. my friend sent me a voice note yesterday that was like a pra- like a four minute prayer, mm. and I was like, Wow, God, thank you for my friends. Thank you for my group of people that care about me. And so when you think about like, your friendships, what's your favorite part about your adult friendships? And what is what do you think they say is the favorite thing about being your friend, a friend to you? <laughs> I, I love that. I love the idea of seeing God in my friends because I truly do. A friend will say something to me and I'm like, I know God put that on your heart to say that. Or like, I know my ancestors was in your ear Mm. and they know I needed a physical word and they used you. And I tell my friends, like, God just told you to say that to me because that just hit me in a place where, you feel me? I felt the spirit. I got chills. Like, that was the truth. My truth finder just went off. Like, Mm. I just felt that. So I think it's so beautiful that you say you could recognize uh, God in your friendships and in my romantic relationship as well I think I see God a lot and it's just you know I think it's so great to to have someone and to be able to look at them and be like wow this is a physical manifestation of God's love for me and the love I have for myself wait a minute got to say that again you said what just say it again? So sorry. That, was, that was good. <laughs> this is the physical manifestation of God's love for me and the love I have for myself. That is so. That's the dream right there. The dream. Wow. Yes. Wow. To, to to love yourself so well that you get to experience that love from another outside source, mm. and to know that that's a reflection of God's love for you. Like, I want that for everybody I want that for 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 everybody I love that that's deep and that's beautiful and I'm so grateful that you have that in your life because I think like I look at our generation a lot and I'm like yo I feel like we're very all of us a lot of us are lonelier than we even realize yeah social media did a great job in connecting all of us all the time yes but on the other side of it it also did a disservice where we feel like we know each other because we can like you liking somebody's page and going to check up on them is two different things. And so like when we talk about friendship and safe spaces, I think it's also important that like as cliche as it sounds, like seeing people and pulling up on your strong friend, your happy friend, your sad, all friends, all of the friends in your life, I think is so important. And so like, is that harder in the industry when you might do something that's, you know, entertainment based. Is it harder to find real friends or do you think mm. you have now a discernment where you're like, I could see what's what's giving and I don't like it? I've never really had too many issues, even being in the industry. I think the biggest issue I ever had was the issue I had with myself. Ooh. The issue of wanting to fit in. The issue of wanting to be included. Mm. But that's a self issue. Yep. And, you know, I think so often we project that issue onto other people. Um, and make it seem as though they have a problem with us mm. or they're excluding us. But it's really it's this desire. And I've and I know from, you know, childhood programming that this is this rejection thing and this wanting to fit in thing is something that has followed me. And so I have to be very self-aware when I create these stories in my mind about what's really going on. Am I really being rejected or do I just want to fit in somewhere that I don't belong? Mm. You know? Mm. Wow. It is 
that was a word. Yeah. That was a word because I yeah. think that so many of us want to be in these groups and yeah. be in these places that aren't for us. Yeah. Let's talk about like Little Ebony because I'm okay. sure Little Ebony was a store. Um, <laughs> <laughs> growing up, were you encouraged to talk about feelings and open up with your parents about like how you were doing and if that and if so or if not, like were you able to take that into how you grew up? talking about boundaries and all those things. Like, talk to me about growing up, how you learned to process feelings and talk through them and how that has shown up in your adult life. Yeah. I was a really quiet kid. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk much. I was very observant. And I think that came from all of the stuff that I saw going on around me. There was a lot of chaos in my world. Um, I was born into a situation where both of my parents were drug addicted. My mom remained. It's okay. I mean, it shaped me into who I am. And so it's it's such a beautiful part of my story now um, that I really appreciate. I feel mm. like it's all a part of God's plan. But, you mm. know, my mom remained on drugs um, for a, a long while. My dad got cleaned. And so I was raised by him as a single father. And, you know, he was going through his own battles as a recovering drug addict and wanting to find love and being, rela- and being in relationships and things like that that and I was sort of like the silent observer of all that Um, and so it was definitely very hard for me to process emotions as a child I don't think I really started crying until I like moved to New York like learning how to cry and now I cry like all, all the, the time, time, every day, tears of joy, tears of anything, like anything I feel like I'm, my, my emotions are so available to me now and I'm so like raw and exposed and vulnerable all the time because I have to be in order to like be open enough to receive like the God flow and what's coming in and what I'm receiving all the time. You know what I mean? Um, But I didn't start learning how to process my emotions until I got older and was like out of that situation. And so, um, but like I said, I think those early experiences really set the precedent for who I am now. Um, My mom was also a sex worker as well. And so I work in an industry where I too, you know, to a certain degree, um, use my vessel as a tool to make money. And so what I've had to realize is that, um, you know, the energy that she cultivated doing the work that she did, which we deem taboo and shameful, was ultimately the blueprint that has allowed me to do what I do. And so all of the shame and the guilt and the resentment that I felt toward her, I've been able to heal through um, by realizing that no matter what, like it was necessary for her to do what she did mm. so that I could be who I am. Ooh. You know, I, I say that like she she danced on the stages at the club so that I could dance on the world stage. Come, you know what I come mean? Come on in here, and Ebony. I think, yeah, I think that like our, our community could heal a lot from hearing a message like that and realizing, like, we put our parents on these pedestals of perfection without realizing that they're human, too, and, and without realizing that we're being gifted, even in our trauma, even in our pain. Like, we're being gifted with the tools and the energy that we need to become the best version of ourselves, the highest manifestation of ourselves. But it only happens when we're able to look at that energy and transform it and turn it into something powerful for ourselves through our healing. it's the sermons for me (laughs) we will pass the collection plate later the cash apps will be in the lowest i'm just playing no but like truly like you 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 are preaching right now and i think you know it's so beautiful to watch you use all the parts of your vessel Mm -hmm. because you have the the looks honey you give looks at all times but you you also have the message and it's so beautiful to see how you allow that to go into your work so just thank you thank you for who you are honey we just we're not even done (laughs) to say that and so like 
Let's talk about boundaries yeah. because I think boundaries and building boundaries and setting boundaries and being a, a person that actually is disciplined enough to utilize the boundaries you yeah. set is a process. Uh, sure. So when did you first learn about setting boundaries and how do you keep those boundaries now as this woman that we see? I think relationships have taught me the most about boundaries. Um Realizing where I give my power away, you know, has taught me a lot about how to keep it for Mm -hmm. myself. Um, Because, you know, like I said, like I I watched my mom give her power away quite often. And so it was definitely a habit that I was stuck in. I thought that, you know, the more I did for a person, the more valuable I would be toward them. But really, I wasn't valuing myself. And everything starts with yourself. So they weren't valuing me either. Mm. The more that I tried to do, the more that I tried to heal, the more that I tried to offer, the less I was able to do and heal and offer to myself. And that was reflected back to me. And so I think, you know, so often we do when we heal and we give, especially as women, especially as black women, and we expect that to be reciprocated. But when do we ever do that for ourselves? When do we realize that, damn, I need to be full before I can spill over into anybody else's cup? So often we're pouring from the, a place of emptiness. And so I think just having that awareness has allowed me to cultivate boundaries, like you said, and maintain those boundaries because I realize that when I cross those, it doesn't benefit anybody around mm-hmm. me. It's a disservice to everyone around me. For me to maintain my power and to give to myself as a black woman is a revolutionary, radical act. Mm. It does nothing for anybody else around me, no matter what I tell myself, to to give and give and go and go and go. Mm. You got to save some for yourself and know that you got to come first at all times. Yep, these are words directly for me, okay? Yes. Because you're just, it's again, it's the dragging, but it's the necessary dragging up. It's a pulling up that, that's happening right now. Now, I need this, y'all, replay. Uh, I'm going to replay this every day. Because I think it's so important that we say these things to each other. Like, yeah. you, you, we all live them, and we my, some people might even tweet them, but, like, applying them. Like, I know right. you walk it and you talk it. And I think that's yeah. what's so powerful about watching you and women like you who are like, nah, just no. Like, no is a full sentence. Yes. That's what I, I said, no. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. And so, and I gotta ask you about emotions, because one of the things that our bodies scientifically do every month is we yes. got this period, child, and then it yes. will bring us in a place, like, all of a sudden, period, <laughs> you just say it. And, yeah. like, you know, I want to know how you practice emotional wellness, especially in those times where our bodies are literally taking over and giving us yeah. emotions that oh, yesterday I was fine. Today, right. please, I don't want to be talked to, touched, don't look at me. Yeah. Like, it's a real thing that happens. And so how do you deal with that emotional wellness? And how do you view emotions and feelings as as you figured it out as a grown woman, too? I think it's just okay for us to let ourselves feel those things. Mm-hmm. And we don't because... You know, capitalism and these driving forces that tell us that we have to constantly be on the go when we can't just sit with ourselves and sit in our bodies and know that we're still being productive, even if it's just being in the house by ourselves, going through our feelings and, and realizing the source of them and what getting that information and realizing what it's telling us. Um, and I think that's where the emotional maturity really comes from, is being able to sit in those feelings, realizing, is this coming from 
programming? Is this coming from a false source? Is this coming from the outside? Is this a message from the divine? Like, where is this? What is the source of this emotion? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, really being okay with that, not trying to run from it, not shaming those feelings, mm-hmm. like giving them space and giving yourself space to just be. Mm, I love that. Just yeah. be. Being yeah. is productive. Yeah, <sighs> being is productive. It's mm. radical. It's revolutionary. I love that. Okay. And so I got to ask you this question. I want to make sure I get the stats right because I want to make sure I do it right. Now, according to a survey conducted by Tampax, more than half of adults would feel more comfortable talking about politics, exactly 59%, and sex, 55%, than periods with their friends. Do your friendships offer a safe space to discuss intimate topics like getting your period, body issues, wellness, and more? And do you all have an open space to kind of trade advice on things when we need help to do that? I'm lucky because my friendships do provide a safe space for me to talk about anything that I want to talk about. And I think the saddest part about that statistic or the part that like touches me the most is that I know that that is from the source of that is the suppression of divine feminine energy. Mm. You know what I mean? This is the source of creation. This is where babies come from. Everyone in this room came out of a womb. I wasn't even trying to rhyme, but it did for a reason. Hello. You feel me? Everybody in this room came, came out, out of a, of a womb. womb. Period. Period. Come on, I'm going to put it in a poem. Yes. Okay? <laughs> so it's like, why is it that we're so ashamed mm. of this thing that has brought us all into this world? Yep. So, yes, luckily my friendships do provide that safe space. But for me, it's so much deeper. It's about energy. What are, what are we doing to uplift this energy that has been suppressed for so long? And now we see the results of that in this, you know, late stage capitalism where things are falling apart, people are getting sick and we don't know what to do. Children are, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot, like it's, it's literally all from that. It stems yes. from that. And I yes. think, I love that you brought up the divine fem- feminine because I think so many of us, when we first get our periods, it's like a shameful, like, yes. like it's like, oh my God, I got my hand. Yes, like, I hit I'm it. I like, hit it. I was same. like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I hit it. I was yes. scared. I was I was like, my mom talked to me about it. She was like, you you, you, you wear the pads, you put on the tampons, that's how you do it. And yeah. that was pretty much, oh, and you have kids. And that's pretty much yeah. it. Like, And like, little did I know I needed someone to say, like, you know, your body's going to change. Right. It's going to make you emotional. It's going to yeah. make you, you know, uh, worry, uh, think different things, like be mindful, be on guard, especially at the, around that time of the t- month of yes. the decisions you make, of the mm-hmm. energies you inhabit, because yes. it's so much deeper than just... The period. Absolutely. Like, there's so much more beyond the period. And so I just hope that, you know, any young girl watching this knows that there's nothing wrong with your body. There's nothing wrong that's going through you. Like, it's a good thing. And it's like you were saying, that's your your signal that you can now create life. It's a beautiful thing. Take take it slow. (laughs) Because life is real. You don't want to be out here creating life all willy-nilly. But I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's a gift. It's a beautiful thing. It truly is a gift. It's a blessing. And, you know, I think... We need to just start discussing womb health more yeah. as a collective. Um, I just had a friend who had a very serious case of fibroids. Yeah. Um, she got she had seven fibroids. She got one of them removed that was the size of her head, she said. Whole time she thought she was just bloating. She was going to doctors. They weren't listening Come to on. her. She was talking about the severe pain that she was in. Nobody would listen to her. First of all, why doesn't nobody believe black women when we say we're in pain? Okay, we can be the strong black women. We can play into all of that. But we're still 
vulnerable. We mm. still feel we're still very emotional, empathetic. You know what I mean? And yes. so I think that has to be shifted. But I think also just the taboo and the shame just has to be erased yeah. around womb health because we're not going to get better as a collective until we start with the source. Yes. And this is the source. Mm. Mm, you have been preaching this whole time. I truly, <laughs> I'm just so much more obsessed with you than I was before. <laughs> because it just means so much to have people, women who, one, look like you, right? Because, like, I think you also represent this 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 beauty that is natural, but is black. Like, I know you a black girl. Like, I know you ain't, like, I know I don't have, you don't have to wake up every day. It's not like a, ooh, it's easy <laughs> for me every day. Like, I know you got to do some hair, yes. honey. I know it's some edges that got to be laid. And I think that's so beautiful yes. that you get this combination of this beauty, but also this real love for self mm-hmm. like you carry that and mm-hmm. i just appreciate that so much thank you okay so we're gonna just take the, the the awkwardness out of this i feel like we are grown and we can have these type of conversations now and i know like one of the dopest things about healing is like realizing that our parents did the best that they could yes. when they were raising us and that goes from all talks but especially the talk about periods yes. and so when you have a daughter what will you do that maybe might not have been done in your talk about periods or, or whoever spoke to you about it, that you will make sure it is in the conversation you have with your daughter about the talk and periods. We don't have a party. Oh, you gonna have a period party? Yes. Oh, I love that. Tell me about this. I don't know. That just, it just came to me. Yes. It just dawned on me. I never thought about that question before, but it's such a good question. And I think celebrating it. I want to celebrate it. I want her to know. I want to talk to her before we even get to that point. Like, when it happens, just let me know. Like, don't be afraid. You don't got to hide it because when it happened to me, I was like, damn, it feels so out the blue. I don't know yeah. who I can talk to. I don't know how to address this. You know what I mean? I don't want it to come as a surprise or feel out of the blue. I want it to already be a part of our mm-hmm. dialogue. And so when it does happen, it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's casual. It's not a big deal. But then, you know, we going to celebrate. We going to turn up. Like, you know, this is a gift. This is a blessing. And I, I want it to feel mm. like that. I'm so. coming to the party. Here you bringing my daughter. We having a party. Yeah. No, because I think that's so <laughs> important because I remember for some reason, like my mom had to talk with me, but it, it was it was kind of just like the basics of how to make sure. Utility, like, right. Like how to put the pad on, how to put the tampon in, how yeah. to do all that. That was already kind of awkward enough because it's a really deeply personal, intimate act to yes. show someone how to take care of their bodies while we are in the in a period stage and right. so um i wasn't necessarily comfortable but, but it was more like it's not that she didn't make me feel comfortable like she was like this is regular this is what happens yeah. but i also remember in class like having that talk with boys there like mm-hmm. like those sex ed talks like yeah. like anatomy like 101 like and oh yes men they go through puberty their voices change and women get periods yeah and the boys be like ew and like you internalizing that as For a sure. 10, 11, 12-year-old girl, Something. and you're like, oh, it's disgusting that I have a period. Yeah. And I wish, what I do hope is in schools, that they're like, hey, let's have a private session for the girls about what mm-hmm. this really looks like. Yeah. It's a gift. You're becoming a young woman. You can now, you know, create life. Yeah. Your body is changing. It's a beautiful thing. Like you said, celebrate exactly. it. Celebrate Let it be it. a safe conversation instead yeah. of like a, this is what happens and this is and this is yeah. just what, what happens. Like I, mm-hmm. I would, if I could do it again, I would not have learned so much about it in the presence of young men because they have no idea yeah. about what really happens 
with your bodies because they can't experience it. In the Absolutely. same way, I don't really need to know about stuff that happens with day <laughs> until I have a son and I'm going to have to learn that anyway. But I think that, that it's just such a beautiful thing. I love that you said a party, a safe yeah. space party, a period party. A period pool and party. Period pool? Yes. Party. <laughs> um, and I think that's so good. And, and, you know, I think there's also like this conversation around just just black girls being comfortable with every single part of who we are. Yeah. So what's one of those parts that you might have been ashamed of before, might not even just been a favorite thing about yourself that you now have learned to celebrate? I just remember growing up and wanting to look completely different mm-hmm. from the way that I did. Like, my mom is very fair-skinned. She has, like, hazel eyes, mm-hmm. brown hair. You know what I mean? That was my idea of beauty growing up, and I don't look anything like her. I look more like my dad. But as the feminine representation, of course, that's who... I aspired to be like. Um, And so I grew up just not really loving what I look like Mm. or any aspect of myself. And so to love the physical um, is so dope. But Mm. then also I just love, like, I really appreciate my heart. Like, I think I'm a good person. (laughs) That's my favorite thing. The heart is the favorite thing. Yeah, like, I actually... You know, I love my mind. I love my heart. I love my soul. At the end of the day, I know, like, I have really great intentions for everybody. Um, I know how much love I've given into the world. And, like, I can kind of look th- look at that objectively and be like, damn, like, you really are a good person. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You yeah. solid. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, I really feel like I'm just a solid person. And so I love that about myself. Mm. I love I love that you said the heart <laughs> first, because I think one, all things come from the hearts yes. in the Bible. We all know that guard your heart for all. That's where all things flow, because I think that we become so disconnected from that part of ourselves, like mm-hmm. society, work, all the things really just try to make you cut that part off. Like yes. you got to be this tough person. Yeah. You got to got to walk over bridges and get cheesecake. Like it's like, yeah. all right, I just wanted to, I just wanted to like listen to Stevie Wonder and be happy. Like why does it have to do all that? And I think the return to that, the protection of your heart is one of uh-huh. the most yes. vital things you can do yes. as a young woman. So like how have you learned to protect your heart and what matters to you most. Yeah, Yeah, I think protecting your heart is actually, it's so counterintuitive, Mm. right? Because it's like the opening of the heart is actually what allows you to be protected. Mm. You Mm. know, Mm. like, yeah, getting into those feelings, creating, living on a vibration of love, Mm. creating your life so that you're living on this vibration of love. Like, that's what allows you to be protected and to magnetize these great experiences into you and so we think of like protecting your heart as putting up all this like barbed wire and all of these fences but it's really about tearing all those things down that was a word exactly for me (laughs) um i can talk to you forever um (laughs) do you offer life coaching services like wow it's a budget exo nicole's i'll tell you life coaching But no, thank you so much, Ebony, for being here. I have learned so much from this conversation, and I am sure that everyone listening realizes that this conversation was not only made for me, it was made for you. So thank you so much for being here. You are just a light and a vessel of all things good. So thank Thank you you for being here, truly. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I cannot believe the conversation is over. We ran out of time, but you know I could talk to Ebony Davis all day long. Thank you for the gems, the incomparable life lessons that we all just got. You just poured into us, Ebony. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Please 
be sure to support her because she's going to take over the world and we're going to be right there to support every single step of the way. I want to thank Exo Nicole and Tampax for allowing us the safe space to have these incredibly important conversations. The next and final episode of the Made For Me podcast is going to be an important one that you all need to tune into. It's going to be titled Going With The Flow and it'll be featuring the incredible Nicole Kane, who is the founder of Exo Nicole and a specialist in OBGYN, a person who can really speak to us about the science of what's happening in our bodies, who can give us those tips that we need to be asking and showing up for our gynecological appointments on time, making sure that we know what to ask when we're in there and making sure that we take the awkwardness around the conversations of period health out when we have these conversations with our family and our friends. So make sure you guys tune in because it's going to be one that might change your health and your life for the better. Please also visit Tampax.com at Tampax on Instagram and Tampax Official on TikTok for more period and tampon education, funny and entertaining content that aims to normalize periods and more information on how the brand is increasing representation of black female doctors and ending the misinformation surrounding health and period care through its Flow It Forward initiative. See you there. <laughs> 